0: Welcome back to New Goggles. This is New Goggles 10. Serve his value. A couple things right off the top. Make sure you have a pen and paper. I'm going to give you some scriptures, and I want to make sure that you record them and do your own study of them. I will be reading a few scriptures for you as well today. And if you are brand new and you just stumbled upon this video, this is part of a whole series. Each single one uh, builds upon the previous ones. And I really do suggest that you do them in order. Uh, you really won't understand this lesson unless you've gone through the previous nine. Uh, don't get me wrong, you'll get something out of it. But uh, to fully understand the concepts and to really catch up, uh, please do watch these in order. Be diligent. And take some notes and take some study. Uh, this will take a lifetime to accomplish, folks, but the one of the goals of this entire series, of course, is to deprogram you from what the world has taught you that is incorrect, and even uh, some of our understanding of what God's instructions to us are in the Bible, and that we may start to <laughs> live right in the real world, you might say, and uh, to live right is to really see things through the Father's eyes uh, because we are created in his image, so surely we'd want to see the world in the same way that uh, Jesus sees the world and the Father, of course, who designed it all and you know makes it happen by the power of his Holy Spirit, which is really kind of like the glue that holds everything together. Um, thank you, Holy Spirit. Man, I pray the Holy Spirit comes through me today and blesses you. So, today we are really going to uh, address you know, really part of what the ministry is. In the last couple episodes, we've talked about discipling and we've talked about you know what we are to do in the world and what some of our calls are. And we're going to really get into some meat and potatoes of how to do this and uh you know uh, as we learned in the last episode you know we own nothing it's all given on a trust relationship from god so um uh, and and i as i mentioned before uh one of my mentors dennis peacock a brilliant guy he really focuses on the marketplace uh in many of his teachings and that's kind of the core of his ministry but i think that this stuff is applied all over the place. So I'm actually translating a lot of the notes more into uh, a ministry sort of thing uh, in general, I should say, not just marketplace. And in doing so, we're going to find out, in fact, this is going to be very revealed. <laughs> the Lord is going to put this Is probably the, the bur- greatest burden, burden is on me uh, in this lesson, uh, in particular for those in our community because it's going to expose some of the things that I have been doing wrong with the right on radio community. And, uh, you know, hopefully, listen, I'm not perfect, but it's also going to expose some of the foundations and some of my heart and how I've tried to grow it. And I hope that the fruits uh, of this have uh, started to mature and present themselves. So having said all of that, Uh, We're going to continue to talk about success. We're going to continue to talk about measurement, and we're going to really talk about one of the things that uh, God, well, and it's amazing how his spirit works because, you know, even just in the last week, and probably because I was preparing for this, but um, I've been saying for quite a while, even on the broadcast, that if you see a need, go to the need. And that's a general statement because we can't always give people what they say they need. We need to be able to give them what God says they need. This is going to be challenging, folks. Uh, Again, we're putting on new goggles. Uh, We're not going to see these in the fleshly terms. We're going to start to see by the Spirit. and. I really trust. By the time this is number ten, uh, by the time you're here, you are already starting to see by the spirit and to hear God's voice more clearly. I know that this works. It's God' promise that it works because I'm giving you God's word in this, and I'm telling you what God has to say. And if god says it it is so uh, jeff just repeating folks <laughs> i'm just repeating and uh and putting in my own words in between but i even pray that those words are guided by the holy spirit because this is very important this is lifetime generational transformational teaching so your lifetime to be passed down through your generations and those people who are knitted near you for generations and transformational, uh, to be called out of this world and to live in the kingdom of God, even though we are stationed here in these flesh suits in this world today we are called to be out of this. When Again, when we were born again, we were transferred out of this kingdom and into God's kingdom and to run under God's law. And we are part of the family business now, which uh, again, I, I quote, you know, one of the greatest books I've ever read, it was by Dennis Peacock. It's called Doing Business God's Way. And, you know, the very first lines of the book, he makes the case that we are in God's business and it is named Almighty and Sons. That includes you daughters. All right, so if we're going to serve our Lord, he, and if we serve him in the capacity that God has called us to, He releases fruit into your life and and into your destiny. If you'll remember, even in the last episode, God not only owns everything and gives it to you on a trust relationship, but God also owns all of the possibilities in your life and your destiny. Uh, Let me pull up a couple scriptures here. Just give me two seconds. I've got one of them preloaded. And this one goes back. uh, We've used this scripture a couple times in Acts chapter 17, verse 26. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth having determined there your appointed times and boundaries of your habitation so god is in charge of your destiny he's in charge of your boundaries he's in charge of the nations boundaries and where you are to serve. And Paul, the apostle, uh, is also a great, great uh, example of this. Uh, Paul was just uh, incredible in every way. Uh, Let me just get a scripture here from Paul. Uh, Philippians 3, and I'm going to go to verse 12. And this is Paul talking about his walk in this and wanting to serve. Not that I have already grasped it all or have already become perfect, but I press on if I may take hold of that for which I was even taken hold of by Christ Jesus. So he is constantly striving to do the things of Jesus and Jesus will. And, you know, if there's an overriding scripture for this entire uh, lesson here, then... I would, in fact, <laughs> this whole chapter is really fantastic as a as a baseline. Uh, however, I'm going to read from Deuteronomy six, and uh, really it would be six through uh, eight, but I'm going to read four through nine. Here, Israel, and I apologize for a little calm, just stopping right there. Israel is you. The born again believer. Okay. Do not think of this as geography. There's two sets of people in this world there's born again and not born again. Okay. The ones who are not born again, God wishes that they do not perish and they should become born again. But here he's talking to you, the believer. And this is, again, an overriding. Scriptures for to sets up this entire teaching. Hear Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These words which I command you today shall be on your heart, and you shall repeat them diligently to your sons and speak of them when you sit in your house, when you walk on the road and when you lie down and when you get up, you shall also tie them as a sign to your hand and they shall be as front fontlets on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates." So not only are we supposed to give these words generationally, but when we walk down the road, we want it to be visible to everyone. We want it to be plastered on our house that everybody knows who we are and whom we serve. And no, I'm not telling you to put big crosses on your house or anything like that. It's just so your house is recognized and your house is the people. I'm not looking at the physical structure, although it does say the doorposts. Uh, But when it says doorposts, I just kind of think of um, welcoming people in, in many ways. Uh, Just a slightly off-topic interpretation of that. So if God has created because he is the creator... And God creates everything, God creates everything by design. So he creates your destiny by design, but not only your destiny, your nation's destiny, your church's destiny, your ministry's destiny, your family's destiny. Are you getting the point? God designed and creates all these things and he's called you to serve in it. So if we are called to serve and we are called to serve, we want to serve God, we want to serve our fellow man, then how do we measure success and how do we add value and when i say add value i want to be very clear that when we add value it must not be what we value oh well, this is this is going to hurt some of you because oh well, god called me to this did he maybe i don't know your story but it has to be what God values. And oh boy, um, no, I'll get to that after this is gonna this is gonna be challenging. So we need to understand when we are going to serve, what what God's value is in that situation. And one easy way in our minimalistic brains to start to think about these things, again, when you see a need, go to the need, if you're going to serve, we're going to serve, and and actually, here's a measurement tool. If you, your church, your group disappeared tomorrow, would anyone in the community? notice? If your church disappeared tomorrow, would anyone other than the church members notice? Oh, but we feed the poor. The poor people would notice. Good. Good. By the way, and feeding the poor is something that Jesus has called us to do, but are you sure that you are called to feed the poor. Because not every person, perhaps for that person who you're feeding, who comes into your food bank every single week, perhaps you're giving them what they say they need, but you're not giving them what God says they need. What if God was to say, that person needs to go hungry until they get off their ass and get a job? I know it sounds harsh. Look, it's a it's a judgment on every individual one, and so how do we know? If, well, I'm going to stay with that example. Should I feed that person? Should I not feed that person? Should I give that uh, bum on the sidewalk some money? Should I not? These are tough questions, folks, and we're never going to get it totally right. Okay. But write this down because this is this is important. Um, when you look at something, let's say you see a need, you want to go to the need. And as I mentioned before, do we? Do you have a permit? Do you have permission from God to go to that need? Because you don't want to work outside of what God has called you to do. God might have called someone else to to serve that person, but He put me there. You say okay. Well, maybe he put you there for other reasons. I don't know. But one way to get a measurement and to start to hear God's voice in these, write this down, is to ask the Father, what is your purpose for that person, that organization, Whatever it is, you know, there's a lot of people who ask for your money, um, present company included, and you have to ask the father, what is your intended purpose for that person? And if I sow into it, am I sowing into your will? Because, you know, there's all kinds of different ways to sow in. Maybe you're not called to give money. Maybe you're called to give that person something else. What does God have intended for them? What is their destiny? They won't be able to tell you most of the time. Oh, sure, they might have a mission statement or something like that. Or, you know, someone who's uh, on the street has a a pre-scripted story uh, that they rhyme off whenever challenged. But that's what they are saying. What is God saying? We really need to hear God's voice in these. So what was in God's mind when he created this? What destiny did he create it for or this person for? And just another note on, uh, again, you know, maybe the person's asking for food. Well, I have food. I can give them food. But that might not be what God has called you to do in their life. Maybe you're supposed to give them words of encouragement. Maybe you're supposed to offer them a job, offer them a hand up. So we all have different destinies in our life and we all have different things and we want to do what God has called us to do. What is your purpose? What is your destiny? And then when you're going to evaluate something that you want to help, what, is, what did God create that for in purpose? What is its destiny? And you know, if you're really good at at something that you're not called to do. And I'm sure that there's every one of us has multiple talents, okay? But if you're focused on the thing that you're not called to do, you're really not serving God properly. So again, there's the different uh, types of ministries. There's teachers, there's people who serve, there's a, there's apostles, more governmental people. Uh, there's evangelists, and uh, and by the way, we're all called to have a little bit of evangelism in us, and we're all called to disciple people, and even we are all called to prophesy to people, and to prophesy to people, again, does not necessarily mean that you are called to be a prophet. Uh, to prophesy in its most basic form is to see someone, kind of see where they are in life, and then pull out a scripture that's pertinent to that person's life and let God lead you to that scripture. Don't tell them what you think, <laughs> that scripture, you know, you're going to rot in hell. Or, you know, that, that might not be the scripture that God intended for them, right? So to do some measurement of our success and the value we create, again, if you stopped doing whatever you're doing, would anyone notice Would the community notice as a larger sense and some of you I know are going to be able to answer oh yeah yeah people would miss me and that's a good thing that's a good sign it's a good sign you're doing what you're called to be doing all right moving on this is going to get good folks um I hope you're seeing it good already. So if we want to add value and we want to serve, and Jesus came to serve humanity, and God always models what we are to do. So it is based on God's purposes, on what he values, and not ours. And God's values and his ethics, his laws are what we need to promote as well. Again, I point you back to Deuteronomy 6, uh, those verses I wrote. You know, we're to talk to our sons and daughters generationally. We're to talk to our neighbors as we go down the road. We're supposed to do these things with all people. Uh, Well, not all. Uh, There's some people that, yeah, you probably should stay away from. So I take back that or revise that statement. Uh, But every bit of this, when we're doing God's service and serving one another, and when we serve one another, we are actually serving God. I hope you understand that. To serve one another is to serve God. And just think about it in our community that we have here, the Right On Radio community How are are we just sitting there, you know, uh, coming against or exposing or anything? Or are you serving? Sometimes exposing things is serving. But are you really serving? And we have thousands, folks. How many people in our community are actually serving each other? It's not that many. So we have a lot of work to do. And by the way, um, a lot of it rests on my shoulders, and I think that's part of the reason why, by God's grace, he's given me permission to teach some of this stuff to you. And in serving one another, even inside of our community, it should always have some evangelistic flair. And it should also produce something. Because whenever God does something, it produces. We are called, go forth in this earth, multiply and be fruitful. Do we want God to bless us with fruit? Then we need to be fruitful. Fruitful full of fruit. Think about that. Walking in his spirit, hearing his words, understanding not only our purpose and destiny, but understanding the person we're going to serve's purpose and destiny. And we don't need to know their whole life. We just need to hear what God says about them at that time because we all go through seasons so uh, when we're doing some evangelizing in serving people because our service should always have some evangelizing in it are we putting forth God's values again not what the person says they need but what God values and are we you know asking them what what they need and even to ask them more specifically if you and this could be to a believer or a non-believer but if there was something that you really wish god would grant in your life what would that be they might not know and by the way if their first answer is uh oh i wish i had more money then you know that they have no idea about stewardship. So you wouldn't give them more money. You'd start to teach them how God tells you how to manage money. And we need to really communicate with people clearly. You know, I often have said, I and rightly or wrongly, that... Uh, I've lived by way before knowing Christ that I've lived by a kind of a philosophy that diplomacy causes confusion. Now, having said that sometimes I know to keep my mouth shut, but to just want to meet someone in the middle. So you don't tell them the harsh truth. That's a mistake. It's a mistake. And I, it's, life consequential sometimes. Sometimes you're called to just speak out. Again, not what the person is asking for, but what does God say to that person? Again, I give the uh, the person in the, the food bank example. They're coming to you saying, I need food. My family needs food. And they might need food. Or they might be getting that food so they don't have to spend their money on food so they can go buy drugs or something else you don't know so what does god say they need that it's it's funny i never really thought about it this way and this is probably just the holy spirit teaching me something right now as we speak but should we just have food banks where anyone can come and get food it's an interesting question that uh perhaps needs to be explored we think we're doing good are we doing more bad we're helping that person stay in that place where they are they sh- maybe we're helping them not go forward interesting and by the way think of the you know that food as a in many other examples what are we giving people are we helping them or hurting them So an interesting analogy is a rope. And a rope, if you look at rope, and rope is strong, and it's bound together. So let's talk about, you know, you and your church, you and your ministry, who God has knit you with. We've taken some evaluation of that, who can help you in going forward uh, in the previous chapters. And when we look at rope, there's the strongest rope that's out there is three cords. It's always three cords wound together. And if you have two, it's not nearly as strong. If you have four, for some reason, it's not really as strong. It might hold more weight, but it's not as strong uh, in capacity. It's three co- cords. And When you look at it, why isn't God, uh, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and Cousin? There's something about the power of three that is extremely strong, extremely powerful. And I guess if we're going to just take a little peruse at uh, the three things that would make A very strong ministry in serving God, in serving your neighbor, in serving all those people around you, uh, it would be three things. And this, again, is a direct quote from Dennis Peacock. And he puts the three things into cause, communication, and community. So what is our cause? What are we, what are you called to do? What is the, and and we have a much better idea. If you've done the homework, if you've taken evaluation of who God has put around you and even the things that God has given you so far, he has given you clues. He has not led you down a wrong path. You made it, might've made some wrong turns, and you don't have as much or whatever, but there's definitely a message in it of what you are supposed to do if you've done that exercise and taken that inventory. So once you understand one of the things, like your main purposes in life and and who you're supposed to help, and you will get the answer from God. Folks, if you do this homework, if you look at these scriptures, you will get the answer from God. This is not Jeff promising to you. This is God promising to you. His word says he'll give it to you. Do you think God wants to lead you astray? No. The answers are there. If you haven't done the work, go back and do the work. This is transformational teaching for generations, not only in your family, but all those around you. So what is your cause? what is the content and the value that you are going to give out in serving other people? And by serving other people, you're serving God. When you know what your content is and the value, the value that God has to go through you to serving those people, Do you communicate it clearly? I hope I'm communicating clearly. So you're kind of seeing what some of my content is. By the way, I do things outside of right on radio. I actually have a life and I serve in other capacities as well. Uh, Quite a bit more, actually. I'm not trying to boast of myself. I'm just telling you I'm a busy person. And I have lots of communications with many, many people. And Right On Radio has opened up a lot of doors for me, and I'm thankful to God for that. And I hope that I put out messages with clarity. And I'll just take myself as an example. I have a lot of content out there. Has there been some evangelism in it? Have there been, and I'm not just talking about new goggles series, but even some of the, you know, content when we are looking at the evils of this world. I always, always tried to bring it back to an evangelistic place and to end on a happy note. And I'm learning as we're doing this too, folks, but I hope I'm communicating clearly. Uh, I know at least part of my destiny. I certainly know some of the things that I'm called to do. And I know that I know that because... God has made me fruitful in some areas and he's taken away in other areas. And, you know, even with this broadcast right now, um, I made some decisions back in the spring and God told me I'm going to have to rebuild and have to rebuild some foundations and those foundations are showing up. Do you understand what a powerful team we're assembling God is putting the right people in because, quite honestly, I'm listening to God a lot more closely than I used to. I didn't start this uh, channel as a ministry. But in looking at all the evils in the world and trying to trust people, everything has fallen flat on its face, folks. The only truth in this world is the Word of God. And that's why I sit firmly in it. And here's probably the most challenging part is the community. And, you know, I'm thanking God that he's bringing the right people to help me build this. I I can't do this by myself, folks. I need you. I need you to get involved. Do you agree with the messages that we're putting out? Do you agree that you want to serve God? Do you want to serve God alongside of me, alongside of other people in this community? It's not all about Jeff, folks. Um, If anything, I would love to help empower and give a platform to people and send them out. There's been a number of people I've tried to lift up on this program, and there's been some life lessons for me, for them. And uh, it happens, but we need to come, we need more people to come into the fold and to start serving each other. And, you know, even on Telegram and our chat channel, that's a place where you can serve one another. We We don't need to bicker about who's a good prophet, who's a bad prophet. God's going to sort all that out. I promise you, he promises you. He's going to sort all that out. Are you serving someone? Oh, but I am, I'm warning them that, uh, that that profit is bad. Okay. What if that, what if your judgment of that person is wrong? And it probably isn't because some people are just obviously bad. <laughs> I want to be uh, clear about that, but, uh, arguing on a chat channel doesn't serve. It really doesn't. Um, uh, put some evidence and digs, let it go. If you want to expose, just put it out there and let and trust God will let people see it who wants to see it and and if someone argues back and forth, just let it be. You put it out there. You put the evidence out there for them to evaluate. Let it be. So, one of the things that makes a community strong And it brings in, again, that three-chord fold is if we can be aligned, if if you're aligned with the content that we are putting out together, if we're able to communicate that content and what God values together, and we can trust one another to have each other's back because you know what? I make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. Even, you know, our admins, you know, I've always said to them, I know you're going to mess up sometimes. I'll have your back. And so if someone bans someone or something like that, so I don't, and I didn't want that person banned, I don't go and ridicule them. I'll have their back. And then I might find out, hey, maybe we should let that person slide and we'll talk about it. But I will always have their back. If they post something that's wrong or what, it doesn't matter. I'm going to have their back. And then privately I'll say, look, uh, maybe we need to revamp this. And, you know, it usually works out. Haven't had that many problems, actually. We just have the greatest uh, admin team out there. All right. All right. Okay, I'm, this one is not going to go too long, folks. <laughs> um, all right, let's uh, let's get into we. One of the things that is the greatest enemy of any ministry is mammon. And I'm telling you folks, uh again, God mentions stewardship, you know, 20 times the amount of times he talks about faith or heaven in the New Testament. So it's important to him. And mammon you have to understand is a demon. And Mammon is a very powerful demon. Uh, Mammon controls the entire world's financial system. It's Satan's system. It's Satan's world government. And by the way, how do they achieve the new world order? They must get the financial system completely under one control. So when you see the world financial system going to one currency, uh, digital probably, then you'll know that the end is very, very near. And when we look at a lot of the larger churches that are, you know, not doing God's will, they might look good, you might walk in there and hear a feel-good message, and then walk out. It might actually be demonic. And a lot of the time, you know, these preachers don't come up thinking, look, I'm going to be, you know, a devil's preacher, (laughs) you know. Uh, But mammon gets a hold of them. And again, you know, going back to some earlier teaching, how much can God expand your tent without you being corrupted? And God will stop giving because God doesn't want to corrupt you. But mammon will come in. And again, mammon, for those of you, part of the Creating Wealth courses, I, uh, I talk about mammon quite a bit. But mammon only wants two things. Mammon only wants two things. Mammon is very simple. Mammon only either wants you to be a slave, which he's done a very good job at. The whole world is in debt. Who are we in debt to? People who print fake money? Mammon's done a pretty good job there, wouldn't you say? So he, has, Mammon has nations as slaves. Mammon also wants to be worshipped. So, when you go into, and I'm not painting every mega church this way, but uh, mega churches have mega buildings, have mega worship bands, mega lights, mega everything, private jets. Who are they really worshiping in that church? Is it God or is it Mammon? Again, I just asked the question. Jesus didn't say you cannot worship both God and the devil because clearly people can do that. Yeah, they, they really can. But you cannot worship both God and mammon. Aha. Um, Look at Matthew 6, 24 to 34, and Matthew 13, verse 22. So mammon gets in and gets in the way of you serving people and serving God. It's like your flesh is possibly your greatest enemy. Uh, Mammon is number two. And yeah, mammon is part of Satan's government. And mammon bows down to Satan, by the way. And how can you know that mammon is having an effect on you or how you're serving others? Well, mammon makes you anxious. And particularly over your material possessions and things like that. If you think, well, you know, God's not blessing me here because I'm not, you know, having a hard—I'm having a hard time uh, to pay the bills or whatever, or you know, so I, this can't be God's will. Well, God does pay for what He orders, but if you're getting anxious over something, well, it could be true that God's not, God didn't order it, and you're to walk away. So anxious can be a sign that, hey, you're doing the wrong thing, But or if you're doing it because you're anxious and you need to de- do it more and more and more because you don't think God will provide for you in that instance. So again, these are ways that you can determine if you are serving God's people and serving God in return based on the destiny that God has in your life and in their life. Being anxious is not a good sign. And never having enough is complete blasphemy to God. In fact, when you look in creating wealthy, uh, The whole key to it is how much is enough. How much is enough? And by the way, God wants to bless you abundantly beyond that if he can trust you and trust you not to be corrupted. And I'm not just talking money here. I'm talking about people. How many people is enough? Man, I've been tested here on this platform with that. And I can tell you the truth. I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied. You know, even we do a Bible study on uh, on Sunday. You know, by the end of the week, we have got five to seven, thousand people who have watched it. Oh my goodness. What a responsibility. God has shown me incredible favor. Now, some other YouTubers who are just talking about a little gadget or something like that have hundreds and hundreds of thousands, millions of views. Fantastic. Good for them. But I do a ministry video, which, by the way, don't get as near as many likes as our Intel video or as many views as Intel video. So not everyone's into the ministry. Uh, some people aren't really believers. But God has given me thousands and thousands of people. Is that enough? God has blessed me abundantly. And by the way, when I had my first hundred people, I was blown away. God, you gave me a hundred people? Honestly. And, And by the way, that happened even before, you know, Uh, Jesse came on board. I think I had about two or three hundred subscribers before Jesse came on board. I was only doing it like maybe two weeks, but I'd got that many subscribers. They weren't my friends because I didn't tell my friends about my podcast. But I've always been satisfied with that number. And if I was not satisfied, God would have stripped away from me. And apply that in your life. Well, God only has me praying for two people, only has me walking with two people. Are you satisfied in that? But it's okay for your heart to yearn for more. Lord, let me prove trustworthy in this, in this service to these people that you may give me more. The parable of the talents, folks. I'm telling you that was one of the most profound parables that Jesus ever gave. So we have to be careful when we look at our purpose and our destiny and we look at the people who we serve whose purpose and destiny is there we have to be very, very careful that we do not serve man's fallen nature. If we are equipping someone that serves man's fallen nature, we are doing a disservice. And we have to be very careful of that. Uh, it's very easy for me on a podcast to service, though, to serve up salacious material. And uh, I'll give you one example because I'm criticized for it often. And that was when I had Madison Marquette and Jesse Zaboder on. And we had come up with this uh, game show we are going to do as a one-off. It never happened. But it was called Celebrity Survivor Dating. And the accusation against me is that it was, you know, sensational. It was, you know, to be sexy, to exploit. But what people don't know is that we had a secret sauce behind that show. And we really intended to do it. I'll tell you why it didn't happen. Uh, We really did intend to do it. And the whole goal of the show was, first of all, yes, a little bit of sensationalism, um, because a lot of people would watch that show who do not watch ministry-type shows. It would get a lot, just celebrity sex as a title would be throwing out huge bait to the world And I bet you YouTube would have promoted that video like crazy. And at the time, we were getting a lot of views. So the algorithms were starting to work for us at at that particular time. Um, We were just up and coming on YouTube. And, you know, when you hit 10,000 or more, that's when YouTube starts to really crack down on you. Uh, But the secret sauce behind that was we were going to get men who were normal, uh normies who had had nothing they didn't know anything about you know the satanic the child trafficking anything about that just straight good guys like you know the kind of guy that you would want your uh daughter to meet or go out with that's who we were looking for and the whole premise of the show was going to be that, you know, they would sit down and be on zoom. Obviously there wasn't ever going to go past zoom unless, you know, they all decided to on their own. But, uh, the whole idea was to put out some shocking statements. So, you know, certainly, you know, Jesse would ask the person, Hey, what, where are you? What do you do? And stuff like that. Well, you know, I'm a computer programmer and I live in uh you know, whatever it is, you know, uh, what do you do for fun? well, I like to go to Connecticut, you know, like that type of guy. And then, uh, you know, Jesse would say something like, oh, well, I've seen people eat babies. (laughs) And it would be a shocking thing. And And the guy wouldn't know what to say about it. But then they would start to explain and minister to these people. And so it would be a good way to hook the world in and minister to them. That was always the intent of that particular show. So I was using man's fallen nature as bait, but I did not want to serve man's fallen nature. I hope that's a clear example. And just quickly, the reason why that show never did happen, uh, wasn't because of Madison or because of Jesse. Uh, I went out on my own to try to find candidates, uh, male candidates to do it. And, uh, I just found it very, very difficult uh, to find candidates. I put some effort into it and just doors kind of closed on me. So I thought, okay, this isn't the right thing to do. Although it would have got me huge views. I could have pushed through and done it. But for some reason, I felt that God had closed the door on it. So I hope that that is a good example of not feeding God's Uh, or man's fallen nature, because, you know, God will always judge greed, which is mammon, by the way. If you want a definition of mammon, it's the spirit of greed, Uh, being dishonest, liars, materialism, exploiting things around um, folks we need to connect with good people. We need to stay away from people who are materialistic. If you're surrounded by people who are materialistic, you will be materialistic. If you have greedy, if you work for greedy people, if you're surrounded by greedy people, you will turn out to be greedy. If you're around people who lie all the time, you too uh, will probably become a liar. If not, even in your own self, but repeating their lies and in our community here uh in the, if you call it the truther community or whatever you want to call it this is a big problem folks there are some people out there who have gained your trust who are victims who are different things that are lying to you and i'm not calling out any names here um i'm just saying there's lots of them There's lots of them. All right. So how do we stay away from mammon, avoid these things? Because we do need to be provided for. God has to pay for what, if if God has ordered you to do it, God's going to pay for it. So how do we know that we are doing these things properly and in serving others around us? Well, let's go back to lessons again. Remember I said, take inventory of what is around you, who is around you, what he's given you, what tools, maybe some people you haven't talked to in 10 years who you might be able to call, who and what has God given you, and what can you glean off to possibly help the needy? Remember, they would glean the corners of the field to give to the poor. You glean a little bit. What has God given you that you can glean and give to others? And in doing that, even in your own, by doing that exercise on your own and gleaning What God has given to you, are you teaching someone else to do that as well? Is it part of your discipling process? Remember, this is to be passed down generationally. If you're a father or mother of a household right now, you know, hey, what does, what has God given us? And I'm not just talking about going and dropping a box of junk off at the Salvation Army or, you know, whatever thrift store that helps the poor. But what resources is he giving you that you can use to serve someone else? Just dropping a box off is nice. Hey, getting rid of stuff is probably a good thing. Again, actually remember, discipling is really getting rid of what is not is neat, what is not needed in your life. That's how you become a disciple, a disciplined learner. It's to really unlearn all those things that the world has taught you. Oh, I hope this is making sense, folks. I really hope this is making sense to you. Um, All right. So just wrapping this one up. I'm at one hour. I'm going to be done in a few minutes. So... What is God? Who is God? How do we care for people's needs? We have to do it in his love. Again, communicating through Christ, going back about five lessons and going through, communicating through him and to serve one another is to really love one another one another because god is love it's probably you know one of the only words in the english language and i know the greek has five different words for love but we just have one uh encapsulating word but love is probably the best definition of god and that that is his nature So, love must ultimately be defined as enabling people to fulfill their destiny and God's will for them. In your service to people, does it help fulfill their lives? and destiny in God's will for them. Would that help you define what's God's purpose for them is? What's God's destiny for them? Well, does it help them operate in God's will? This is coming together. Um oh boy maybe I should read this one for you just give me a second there's a great scripture here and I usually like to read the hev- get, leave the heavy reading uh to you to do at home but this one I think I really need to read and Okay, just give me a second here. There we go. And, and I'm going to end the this uh, teaching on this because this is partner this with the uh, Deuteronomy 6 and I believe you'll have a lot. This is a short chapter. So I'm going to read to you 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak with the tongues of mankind and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge. And if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but do not have love, I have nothing. And if I give away all my possessions to charity and surrender my body so that I may glory but do not have love, it does me no good. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous. Love does not brag, it is not arrogant, it does not act disgracefully, it does not seek its own benefit, it is not provoked, does not keep an account of wrongs suffered, it does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. The truth, the Lord God, I'm pointing to the Lord God the lord god is the truth keep every confidence it believes all things and hopes all things endures all things i'm just i'm going to continue the chapter side note the ultimate love was the father sending his son to die on a cross for you and the ultimate love was the son, Jesus Christ, giving his life on the cross so that you may be part of his resurrection. Nothing else matters. His resurrection. All of history hinges on his resurrection. Choose him today. I continue in verse 8. Love never fails but if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away with. And if there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away. For we know in part and prophecy in part. But when, we, when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away with. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, think like a child, and reason like a child. And when I become a man... I did away with childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face, know I in part, but then I will know fully, just as I also have been fully known. But now faith, hope, and love remain. These three But the greatest of these is love. Again, faith, hope, and love. Three chords. Let's get our destiny together. Let's start communicating it. Let's start lifting up people in God's will for their lives. Not what you think they need. God's will for their lives. And how do you accomplish all of this? in love see you next time thanks for watching new goggles